I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. And what time will we be spellcasting? Witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft and spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockard, and I am so happy to be here. I am back to recording podcasts. Let's get right into it. So I have been noticing and I have been receiving my channel, y'all, has been like blown wide open for the past couple months. I don't know what's been going on. Well, I do. Lots of things have been going on in the cosmos with sun flares and like retrograde after retrograde and just like a whole bunch of eclipses because I'm recording this in the midst of eclipse season and it's just been a whole lot happening. But aside from that, I feel like we're in this collective kind of movement towards opening our channels a little bit more in the witchcraft group on Facebook, which is Moonstone Witchery, obviously. Um, There's a lot of people that are commenting on their channel being more open and their receptors being more receptive and a lot of information just kind of pouring in and downloads coming left and right. And the same's been happening over here for me. Um, I don't want to talk too much about all the energy shifts that I've been noticing because that's not the point of this episode. However, um, it has been a little weird out here, right? Like, I just want to say, like, the energy is kind of strange. Like, it feels like whatever you're leaning towards got really highlighted. So meaning, like, if you were kind of in a negative trajectory, it seems like recently things have shifted. It's been a little bit harder to drag yourself out of. Um, If you've been in a positive trajectory, it seems like... um, kind of obstacles are popping up all over the place that are forcing us to kind of anchor in and be like, hey, universe, like, yeah, I'm still, like, doing the most. Please, like, get off my case a little bit. At least that's what I've noticed. Um, Some fellow intuitives and I have been kind of collectively chatting about what in the actual F is happening out in the universe and what is going on in the energy field. So along with these vibrations um, and along with all these downloads, I've just been sort of dropping channeled messages left and right all over the place. I've been putting them in the Big Witchcraft group on Facebook. I've been putting them in the Moonstone Witchery Witchcraft Academy, and we're having some cool conversations over there. So definitely check that out if these kinds of topics appeal to you and you want to actually like talk to humans um, and make friends and like have conversations like this on a more regular basis. Um, So if you've been like noticing that there's a little bit of weirdness out there, you're not alone. Um, Good job for noticing. I want to validate you. And also, I'm not quite sure exactly what's going on, but keep posted in my groups because I keep dropping, I keep dropping the most trying to figure it out. You know, this thing came through to me recently where it's kind of hard to, I'm going to do a little bit of a mini series um, on shadow work, I feel like, because shadow work is our salvation. Um, It is the thing that is going to make all of those things that I just talked to you about more easy to deal with. And I feel like 
people don't understand how or why shadow work and witch work have to go together. And it's really because everything in this universe is is made of duality, right? You've heard as above, so below. You've heard that like there's two sides of the same coin. We've realized that like look look to the yin and yang symbol, right? Like there's there's always uh, one within the other. There's always that duality. There's always both things happening. And I feel like there's a lot of um, love and light only people in the spirituality communities. And you guys have heard me talk about this before. And I tend to have a problem with it because um, it's a little bit invalidating to people. The love and light thing is like, <clears throat> I'm going to say a thing and then I'm going to kind of contradict myself. But the love and light thing is like, everything is just love. So like there are no problems. And it's kind of like, yeah, except I have plenty of problems. So that doesn't make exactly sense to me. Because what it does is it tells us that we're wrong, right? It tells us we're wrong for having a very lived and real and vivid experience. But see, I don't think that energy has morality. I think that morality is a human construct and not necessarily an energetic construct. And I think that energy just does what it's doing. See, my personal definition of being a witch is someone who knows that they can impact and affect the energy field and who chooses to do so. That's it. I didn't say cast spells for good reasons or bad thing reasons. I didn't even say cast spells. I said knows they can impact the energy field and chooses to do so. Because to me... That's a whole different way of looking at things, right? <clears throat> to me, the energy's out here just living its best life or the energy's out here just sort of on whatever trajectory it is on. And it's going in whatever direction it's going unless or until it gets influenced by an outside energy field. And this is some basic physics, right? Objects in motion stay in motion. Objects in rest stay at rest. The energy's just going to do what it's going to do unless or until something influences it right and that something that can influence it is you now we're all out here influencing energy whether we are doing it on purpose or not you know you walk into a space with your kind of mood that you might be in that energy field is affected by the mood and empaths know what i'm talking about someone comes into a room with a mood you all know about it you're like uh oh what's that right that's someone shifting the energy unintentionally, but it's still happening, right? <clears throat> and so a witch knows they are able to do that and does it on purpose. And BT dubs, this is like a nice little minor note for empaths. Y'all can use your energy. You don't have to just absorb. You can go ahead and project. Y'all don't have to just be at the mercy of whatever energy you walk into. Y'all can walk in there and create the energy you want the room to have. This is something that empaths don't think about. It feels like it's happening to you. It feels like it's happening at you. But in reality, like you're a part of the energy field. You are a part of the collective, right? It's weird to kind of both be of the collective and observing the collective at the same time. How can I be a part of something that I'm also observing? And yet we do it all the time. We're a part of our family dynamic, but we're also observing our family dynamic and kind of like what in the actual F is happening, right? And so we are both of the collective and um, observing the collective. And so you can walk into a space or enter a group or go into some type of vibe 
and you can bring your own type of vibe um, and you can elevate that energy. And I know I've talked about this before, but it's just a helpful reminder, I think, to those of us who feel very much at the mercy of other energies, which kind of brings me to a way of looking at things. And this is where I'm kind of contradicting myself, but not not totally because I'm going to explain it. <clears throat> When I was in the ministry school and the, divin the divinity school that I later um, was on the faculty of, um, we read this book called Love is Letting Go of Fear. And Love is Letting Go of Fear is all about, it's, it's an adaptation of The Course in Miracles. Um, I've talked about The Course in Miracles here before. Course in Miracles, super old, super like problematic in certain ways. It's very Christian. It's very monotheistic. Um, it's very patriarchal. It's very like wordy. Like, I mean, I know I'm very wordy too, but it's very wordy in like a flowery kind of like old kind of way that makes it a little challenging to read, but um, it's got some really great insights in it. If you can go ahead and overlook all the things I just mentioned, right? So um, Love is Letting Go of Fear is an adaptation and it's old. Also, Love is Letting Go of Fear is like from the 70s and it's kind of out of print even. So, I mean, Amazon has it, but <clears throat> it's an adaptation of The Course in Miracles. And what it does is it kind of like takes those flowery things and it like shoves all the decoration off of it and it just distills it down like some of the points into like really helpful points and in these book series whether it's from the course or the other book love is letting go of fear i don't remember which one there is a note and there is like a concept and i love it and i learned this in um i learned this in my life coaching program as well the very first one i ever did and it goes like this everything is either love or a call for love. So what does that mean? That means that when we distill energy down to its bare minimum, like when I'm working with a client and I'm asking them to get to the root of why they're upset about something or why something is compelling them out of their peace, what I ask them to do is trace it back or dig down deep. And what I'm saying when I'm requesting that is like, what's the core thing? And this is some shadow work, everyone. So like, listen up, perk your little ears up, pay attention, take note, do all the things because this is some shadow work and it's really good for you. It's like eating your vegetables. So shadow work says, okay, let me dig in. I think I'm mad because um, my sister changed the time for when we're going to lunch. Why am I mad about that? Well, so I might be like, she always does this. She's always just changing things around, blah, 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 blah. Okay, dig deeper. What's actually bothering you about it? Well, I don't like having my schedule set and then having it changed on me last minute. I have plans. I know what I'm doing that day and now I have to rearrange everything. It's inconsiderate, blah, blah, blah. Okay, good. We found a word, inconsiderate. Dig down deeper. If she's being inconsiderate, what else does that mean? How else does that feel? What's underneath it? Well, okay, she's being inconsiderate because to her, I don't matter. I'm not as important as her. Only she's a priority. She's the only reason that matters. She's the only person that matters. This is the kind of thing that happens all the time. It's entitlement. It's disrespect. Okay, hang on. Which one feels bigger to you? Entitlement on her part or disrespect of you? Um, disrespect of me. Okay. What does disrespect mean? It means she doesn't see me as an equal. It means she thinks that she's more important, that she's more valuable. It means that she doesn't value me or my time 
okay, well, that feels legit. And if she doesn't value you, and if she doesn't value your time, how does that make you feel? Trace it down. What's at the root of that? Well, if she doesn't value me, it makes me feel like I'm not worthy. And all right, I know where you're going. Let me trace it down. If I'm not worthy, it means that she doesn't love me. She doesn't care about me as a person. I don't feel loved when she consistently changes our plans. And if you do this exercise enough, right, if you go through it and you actually talk to yourself and you actually ask yourself all the hard questions, why am I actually upset? What does it actually mean? If that's true, how do I feel? If that's true, how do I feel? If that's true, how do I feel? And now notice there's a bunch of the words if there. If is an assumption. We're making assumptions. I can go ahead and be super mad. And this is all hypothetical. I didn't have this conversation with a client and I'm not actually mad at my sister. I would actually love to see my sister, but that's not my point right now. My point is... If is an assumption, so if I'm making a bunch of assumptions, so if my sister is consistently canceling on me, I'm making assumptions as to her reason, right? I'm filling in the spaces. And when we are triggered out by something, we fill in spaces with our triggers. I'm going to say that again. When we are triggered out by something, we fill in those spaces with our triggers, meaning when we're trying to understand why someone's doing something, but the thing they've done has harmed us or triggered us out, we're only going to be able to provide answers or reasons or thoughts about why they did it from a triggered out perspective because our trigger is filling in those blanks because our trigger is telling us why. But when we're coming from a centered place and a grounded place and a willingness to do self-work place, we go like this. We go, oh, I'm taken out of my peace. I'm upset by something. I must be feeling some type of way. <laughs> and that is a, a cue for you to do it with yourself to go like, oh, what am I feeling? Oh, I feel disrespected fundamentally because you'll get quicker at this the more you do it. I feel disrespected, which makes me feel not valued, which makes me feel not loved. Because everything is either love or a call for love. And so I am calling for love when I am getting mad that my sister is changing our plans. I am saying, if you loved me, you wouldn't change our plans. I don't feel loved by your action. Your action translates to me as a lack of love. Now, that doesn't mean it's true. Her sister could have a whole bunch of stuff going on. Who knows why your sister is canceling plans, right? There's 10,000 reasons. There are 10,000 reasons. Maybe she forgot that she told her daughter she was taking her somewhere. Or maybe she had to book an emergency therapy session with her therapist for some reason or another. Or maybe her friend broke her leg and she has to give her a ride. Or maybe she's really tired and she needs like a mental health day. Or maybe she's super mad about something and doesn't want to show up in some type of mood at you. We don't know why your sister is canceling the plans. We just know how that cancellation feels. And when we're triggered out and our trigger fills in the blank for us, we know that we feel some type of way about it. But here's the thing that we get to do, right? Because if everything is love or a call for love, then this helps us to understand people. If everything is love or a call for love, it helps us to understand ourselves. Because if source energy is made of love, and it is made of infinity and possibility and abundance, and gratitude and all the beautiful things that exist out here in the world, then when we are in alignment with source energy, we're in alignment with love. And where we're not in alignment with source energy, we're in alignment with a lack of love. 
See, that's what a call for love means. It means a feeling of lack, a call for, I can't call for something if I have it, or I don't need to call for something if I have it, right? So everything is either love or a lack of love. And that makes some sense, right? Because think about the times when you've acted out in your life. Think about the times when you've been kind of mean or harsh or intense with someone, including yourself, because you are someone even to yourself. Think about the times when you have had a hard day or you've lashed out or you've acted like some version of yourself that you don't really want to be. In those moments, were you not asking for love? In those moments, were you not feeling a lack of love? I'm reminded of like literally every argument I ever had with my ex-husband. Because <laughs> I don't know what the deal with us was. Yo, I don't know how you can spend like, I was with this person for like 14 years. And like, honestly, I honestly can't even, I don't even recognize the version of me that chose to do that. Because I have evolved. Because that chapter is so over. But I do know that every argument I ever had with that man was me feeling a lack of love and asking, begging, pleading, crying, screaming, whatever I was doing, trying to get that centered and squared up and met and making some form of sense. And we can act out when we're feeling a lack of love because truthfully, Feeling a lack of love is a scary and terrible and vulnerable place. And do you know why? I'm going to take a side tangent before I answer that. <clears throat> I had a really beautiful conversation with a client once where they were telling me that they always feel like they're not good enough. And no matter how hard they try, it just that message keeps coming up and it makes them feel so bad. They're always coming so close to being recognized or so close to achieving something or so close and then they don't feel good enough and it haunts them. It's haunting to them. And I said, do you know why that's so haunting for you? Do you know why that bothers you so much? And they were like, yeah, because I'm never like living up to my potential and I just like fundamentally fail. And I was like, no, that's not it. Like, you don't fundamentally fail. I could list off six things that you've done successfully right off the top of my head just from knowing you for a couple months, right? I said, this feels so bad to you because it is not you. Let me explain what I mean by that, right? In our lives, things happen to us that give us feedback about maybe ourselves or not really because I don't really feel like we can ever get, this is a hard, this is a hard line because I don't want to teach us to like invalidate other people's opinions, right? But I want to say like hard for you to ever receive accurate feedback about yourself because the feedback that you're getting is always from somebody else's point of view, which means it's coming to you through their filter, Right? Like their filter is viewing you and then giving you back their filtered version of you. So like there's always a grain of salt to kind of take into consideration. However, if you're receiving feedback like a lot from somebody that like maybe you need to speak nicer, like that might be worth listening to. But aside from those things, like when someone's giving us feedback about ourselves or when we are receiving information about ourselves from the universe, there is a moment where 
we keep getting feedback that feels like it lands a certain type of way. Like for my client, it was like, this feels so, this feels like I'm just never good enough. I'm just always a failure. And that was so, it was like itchy on her skin. Like she couldn't stand it. Like that was the thing that was bothering her the most, right? And the reason it bothers her so much is because it's not true. Like it doesn't match her. Like she is actually not a failure. So to be called a failure, it's like being It's like wearing a a shirt that is the wrong size for you. It's like, this isn't my shirt. Why do you keep putting me in this shirt? This is bad. I don't like this. This isn't mine. It doesn't belong to me. If something feels bad when it doesn't actually match you, which means that your interpretation is off. See, she felt like a failure and that was so upsetting to her because it doesn't match her frequency because she's not a failure. Try to understand what I'm saying. Sometimes these things feel bad to us because they're not us. But we think that's what the information we keep receiving is about. But really, I think we just got to look at it from another perspective, right? Really, I think we just got to be like, okay, I'm totally bugging out because I keep feeling like I'm being told I'm a failure. That feels so absolutely awful to me. That must mean... The fact that I am so unsettled by it does not mean that it is extra true. The fact that I am so unsettled by it means that it doesn't match me. Listen to me, empaths and spiritual people. Have you ever tried to be in a situation that no longer matched who you were? And it is like unbearable. You know? Like if you have made up your mind that you're going to leave a job or that you're going to pursue a certain path or you're going to move or you're going to do whatever, it is so itchy and uncomfortable to keep doing the thing once you know it no longer belongs to you. When we are spiritually awakened people, that's when we start to understand and recognize that energy is a real thing, that we are made of energy, that we are here like putting out and receiving energy. And when the energies don't align, it is so effing uncomfortable to be us. So why are you going to think that when someone gives you some feedback about yourself and it makes you feel that way, why are you going to think that that's the truth about you? I'm not saying there doesn't need to be some type of alignment because there does. What I'm saying is let's calibrate the alignment to be aligning with the right thing. If I am feeling like I am a failure and that makes me just curl up and crawl out of my own skin, the thing that needs calibrating is the word failure not me. And this isn't some kind of like, like, don't get it twisted for a second. Like, this isn't some kind of like, let's all be narcissists and pretend like we don't have any problems. Like, that is absolutely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, let's solve problems that we actually have instead of problems that we don't have. Because some of these problems that y'all have been battling for like the entirety of your existence, you're not getting anywhere because you're fighting the wrong battle. 
You're, you're entering into the wrong battle. You are going in prepared to fight something that is not actually the problem. The problem is never really what you think it is. This is duality. It's usually something else. Trace it back. And it's usually a lack of feeling connected. It's usually a lack of feeling loved. It's usually a lack of feeling supported or uplifted or seen and held and, and appreciated in our truth and appreciated in our vulnerability. See, this is love or a lack of love. If I'm constantly feeling like I'm so close, but I'm not quite there, I am feeling unseen. And if I am feeling unseen, I am feeling like I'm invisible or like I'm worthless. And if I'm feeling invisible and worthless, I am feeling a lack of love. Right? You see that? Pretty cool how everything turns into that, right? And so the antidote to a lack of love is love. But love is a tree with many branches, my friend. Love is a tree with many branches. There are many ways that love can show up. So if I'm feeling like a failure, and I'm feeling like I'm always just so close but not quite there, love could look like having grace with myself. Love could look like not being beaten down by this concept of failing to the point that I just give up and I curl in on myself and I don't keep moving. Love would look like support. It would look like resources. It would look like me showing up for myself and saying like, okay, what do I need? What do I need? How come I keep getting so close but not quite there? Let me ask myself, what am I afraid of if I get all the way there? Also, why is getting so close not good enough for me? Like maybe I need to redefine success or maybe I need to figure out what kind of resources and support I need. Maybe I needed to ask someone to help me. Maybe I needed to ask someone to see me. Maybe I needed to push in a little harder and trust in myself and believe myself. Maybe I was so afraid that the same thing was going to happen that I went ahead and pulled back right at the end because I lacked love for myself in that moment in the form of support. Maybe I need to be willing to redefine my own terms. And if I redefine my own terms, maybe things aren't so terrible after all. But really pay notice to the fact that whenever something's feeling like so super itchy and bad and terrible, like the worst thing, like you just want to run away from it, please stop and consider like I hate this thing so much because it is not me. We're all afraid that we're like these big, terrible people, but we're not giving ourselves credit. You're scared to be that thing because it's not you. You're scared to be it because you aren't it. You don't want to be misaligned. You don't want to be mislabeled. You don't want to be put in the wrong category because you are not that thing. And the reason I share this is because I want us to stop running from things that aren't really there and I want us to stop and I want us to pause and I want us to say okay love or a lack of love and if you have someone in your life who is having a hard time or causing you some issues and this again 
like disclaimer city. I want to take a second to just be like, this does not mean that we should excuse abusive behavior. Okay. Because the rule with abusive behavior is still the same. You are allowed to notice that someone has bad behavior. And then what you do is you issue a boundary around their bad behavior. And this is a whole boatload of self-work in one sentence. First of all, you got to be willing to see that there's behavior that you're not down with. Then number two, you have to do the self-work to even validate for yourself that it's okay for you to not like someone else's behavior. Then number three, you have to bolster yourself up and like give yourself like amazing amounts of support and love to give yourself a voice to share that this behavior is not okay with you. And then number four, you have to be willing to follow through on the boundary that you set. So there is a lot that goes into this one sentence, right? But let's say you find that someone has behavior that is not okay with you and you notice a red flag. So you point that red flag out and you say, hey, just so you know, like you're not allowed to curse at me in this relationship. And if you do, I'm really going to have to just kind of walk out because I'm not into it. It feels like disrespect and I don't like that. Okay, so you've established a boundary. Now, let's say that this person, remember my definition of abuse, someone who intentionally crosses your boundaries on purpose. Once you've put a boundary in place, they knowingly cross it. You remind them of the boundary. They continue to cross it. That is now abusive behavior, okay? Someone intentionally crossing your boundaries on purpose. So let's say that somebody does this. You've said, don't curse at me. I don't like that or I'm going to be gone, like whatever. Um, And they continue to speak to you with like some disrespect or they continue to curse at you or yell at you in a type of way that you're not into. Well, now you can recognize, oh, they have a lack of love. This person, an empath, I'm speaking directly to your soul right now. So listen up, put your little listening ears on We can have compassion for a person and why they are doing a thing, but that does not mean that they get to just act however they want. Empaths, I'm going to say it again, we can have compassion for someone. We can understand why. We can feel the most for them. We can trace it back for them. And empaths, we do this all the time. We go, oh, trace it back. I'm so familiar with this. I have justified every relationship I've been in through this method. Yeah, like this dude's just mean to me because his mom didn't love him and his dad like left. And so, yeah, he can't help it but be mean. Yo, okay. So we're all really good at tracing it back, okay? We can figure out why someone's acting completely out of pocket and then just like endlessly give them all of this space. But we don't do that for ourselves, first of all. So there's some hypocrisy there. If you're going to be willing to justify someone else's behavior, hello, perfectionists, you have to be willing to have grace with yourself about your own. I'm sorry for the truth bomb, but there it is. I also want to say like, so just because we can see it's a lack of love, right? A call for love, a lack of love. Oh, he curses at me because his parents were like verbally abusive and he doesn't know any better. Okay, but do you curse? Were your parents perfect? Did you hold yourself accountable to a higher standard? Yes. 
So you can go ahead and hold other people accountable. Just because we recognize where it comes from, just because we recognize that it is a lack of love that is creating the behavior. Actually, the lack of love creates the feeling and the feeling creates the thought and the thought creates the behavior. But who is the responsible party for all of that? The person who is issuing the behavior is responsible. It may not be their fault that they didn't get loved the right way. It never is our fault when we don't get loved the right way. But it is our responsibility to show up in the right way. It's our responsibility to define what that means, to say what even is the right way. It's our responsibility to create a code of personal like ethics and morality for ourselves. It is our responsibility to define what kind of person we want to be in this world and to do that. And that's a whole bunch of self-work right there too. But my point is like just because empaths, just because you know that someone's behavior is coming from a lack of love does not mean that that is okay. All right? We can have compassion, but what our compassion is supposed to do is direct them into their self-healing, not to just make room for the harm and the chaos because that's not good for anybody. Because listen up, if we keep giving someone who is coming from a place of a lack of love, if we keep giving them power over the energy field, guess what the energy is going to mimic? Yeah, it's going to mimic a lack of love. It's going to mimic a lack of love. Because there is short-term kindness and big-picture kindness. Big-picture kindness says, I understand that you are coming from a place of being in lack when it comes to love. But I'm going to ask that you rise to the occasion and that you heal that when you're talking to me. Short-term kindness says, fine, just talk to me however you want. I know you're like a wounded person. But, but when that energy keeps circulating, right? Like empaths, you might be really like intensely strong people. You all are. You have to be. And yet... If we are submerged and immersed in a consistent day-to-day energy schema full of a lack of love, guess what? That's the vibrational footprint that we're sitting in. And you can only sit in a pool of water for so long until your temperature starts to change to match the water that you're sitting in. At first, when you get in, there's an exchange. The water gets a little warmer, you get a little colder. That's that blending of the energy. But over time, you start to match it more than it starts to match you. Because energy is infinite and you're sitting in a pool of it. And if we keep responding to a lack of love with our own lack of love, because let me be clear, when we betray our own boundaries, that's a lack of love. It's a lack of love from ourselves to ourselves. So when we betray our own boundaries, we are joining in the lack of love energy field. And nothing good comes from that. See, if love is infinite, and if everything is duality, and there are two sides to every coin, that realm called the lack of love is pretty damn infinite itself. And so it's kind of that, like, which thing do you want to feed? And if energy is neutral, which it really is, then we just want to go ahead and create these bubbles of positive energy that feel more aligned, that feel more in that love vibration, rather than 
have a bunch of negative energy circulating around. And if you hear some weird breathing on the podcast, it's because my dog has come and put her face like right next to my mouth. (laughs) What are you doing? So let's think about it this way. Oracle, stop. Oracle's feeling a lack of love because her food bowl is empty and she would like me to fill it for her. But I will do that after I'm done this. Okay, thank you. Let's look at it this way. Short-term kindness feels like kindness, but typically it's just the path of least resistance. We feel too overwhelmed by all the energy inviting us into a certain direction. We feel like, oh gosh, another battle. I don't want to pick it right now. I'm tired. So we just kind of give in. But, but then that lack of love has had a seed planted within us. And we know we felt some type of way. We know a boundary was crossed. And then we're hurt because we've hurt ourselves by betraying ourselves too. And by not holding the person accountable, because we chose lack of love as well. But big picture kindness says, oh, I'm sorry you're so upset right now, but I really can't talk to you if you're going to talk to me like that. So you can go ahead and come back around when you can talk to me reasonably. And in this way, we teach people how to treat us. And in this way, we teach ourselves how to accept only positive treatment. Having a boundary doesn't have to be all big and scary and mean and loud. It can be like, like when my son is talking to me in some type of tone that like preteens get like magic. I swear to God, they like go to sleep as like a nice child. And then they like wake up and they're like, oh my God, you're so cringe. Like, don't even. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, yo, I used to be like that. Like I used to say, don't even like, don't even, don't even me. Right. Like I'm still that. Right. (laughs) And so when my son's talking to me with some type of vibe about himself, I am like, literally, I'm like, um, did you know I can't hear a single word you're saying when you talk to me like that? Like, literally, my ears don't work. Because I just refuse to go there. I'm just not here for it. One of the things that I love to say is like, I make people work really hard to be toxic to me. So I'm not living that life anymore. Come at me with love. Or come at me with a fully formed, well-articulated request for love that you are conscious of. And that looks like, I am sorry that I was flipping out and cursing at you. I know that that is not all right with you. Really what's going on with me is I am feeling super freaked out right now and I would like to talk about it. Well, that's a conversation we can have. That's respectful. That doesn't mean that you have to show up to me perfectly. In fact, please don't show up to me perfectly. Just show up to me authentically. Because we can have a conversation about whatever is going on any day, any time. But when you are, another person is, lashing out and creating more lack because they feel that lack or they feel that distance from love, They're just generating more of that distance. And it's really hard, especially when it's you, who feels like you really believe yourself. You feel like you really believe that your sister does not care about you when she cancels or changes plans on you. You really believe it. To you in that moment, there is no other answer. 
but not taking things personally and all of our other shadow work teaches us that that's not the case. There are always other answers. If we look beyond just our filter, if we look beyond just our triggers, if we look beyond just our one narrative, if we see, oh, this person might be feeling a lack of love and that's why I'm feeling a lack of love because it spreads like wildfire. Like we're all little mini experts now in viruses after the past couple years, right? And I say that with sarcasm, we are not experts. But what I'm saying is like these things spread around. Energy attracts itself, energy creates itself. Some type of bad energy that bumps into some type of neutral energy. Guess what happened to the neutral energy? It got the bad energy cooties on it. Now it's like bad energy. So I want you to be out here spreading good energy. But I want you to spread it to yourself too. And I want you to request that other people don't come at you with that type of vibe. And I want you to know you're worth it to make that request. Because you are going to stand in alignment with love. Love to yourself from yourself. Love to others. You're going to request that behavior gets in alignment with love. You're going to do the most to understand that, yes, there is duality and we can honor both sides. But that's just because both sides exist. Whenever possible, we are allowed to request that it alters itself to meet where we're at. Because you are the witch. Oh, Oracle had something to say about that. Did you hear her growl? You are the witch, and the witch knows that they can influence the energy and chooses to do so. So, of course, you're going to say, if you want to be in my presence, you're going to have to show up with your energy, right? And you don't have to shame them if they don't. You can just be like, oh, that seems a little intense. Why don't you go take care of yourself like journal or get upset or take a run or cry and I will be right here and we will talk about it when dot 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 when the parameters are met when there is safety in the other person empaths you are not required to be submerged in unsafe energy just because it's there inviting you this is the thing you are allowed to set the energy tone. And if you're a witch, you know that. And you out here trying to do it all the time. Just start doing it. Just start doing it. I don't want you to have to keep should at yourself. I don't want you to have to keep being like, oh, it has to be some formal official like ritualization. Like everybody out here trying like to, to do all these cord cuttings that they see on TikTok or whatever. Like, yo, just just go outside and break a stick and say, this cord is now cut. This side of the stick means this. This side of the stick means that. I'm going to break this stick in half. I'm going to throw them in opposite directions. Cord has been cut. It is that easy. You are in charge. You are in charge. So I want you to stand in your power. I want you to start doing your shadow work. I want you to start validating yourself. And I want you to start setting the tone of the energy in your life, both that energy that comes from you towards yourself, most importantly, love. And I want you to start setting the energy of what's allowed to enter your space, love. And I want you to start to see how people are either coming from a place of love or a lack of love or a call for love, a need for love. And while we can have space and compassion for that, 
We can also ask that they have accountability to that too. And if anyone ever wants to ask me any questions about how to do these things, or if you want a quick little self-work session, hop on my schedule. I do have room for life coaching clients at the moment. And for those of you who are in my messages, please don't give up on me. It is summer now. It is summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. And I am opening my readings up. Now I do have a wait list, but my readings are coming back. And I am so so excited. I did a medium reading today. I have a reading tomorrow. I am easing myself back into it. But if you want a reading, come and find me on my website at beensomuchread.com. And I want you to let me know if you're struggling with any of this. Because like I said, I want to start doing a little bit of a mini course here on the podcast on shadow work. Because shadow work is the key to living in alignment to getting yourself right with yourself, to ascension and awakening and nirvana and all those things that we are seeking. Shadow work gets you there rapidly and shadow work elevates your spell work, your witch work so immensely that you won't even believe it. Okay, all, I have been so happy to be chatting with you. My puppy is here telling me that she is so happy to be chatting with you too. And we will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Find me all the places and I will talk to you soon. Oh, and last thing, I will never slide into your DMs to offer you a reading. Please block and report all of my scammer imposter accounts. They are the worst. Please block them. Please report them. Thank you for informing me of them. There seems to be infinite of them, and they are never, ever, ever me. Have a good one. Hey, witches. I wanted to take a quick second to tell you a little bit about my Moonstone Witchery Witchcraft Academy. Yes, I know it's a commercial, but hold on for a second because it's a helpful commercial. If you are a listener of this podcast, this academy might actually be for you. I only create things if they are here to serve a purpose. I only put things out into the world when my guides make it really clear that there's a need that has to be filled. So this academy might be the thing that you're looking for. And quite honestly, I really only want people People to join it if it calls to them or if it speaks to their heart. In my Witchcraft Academy, I share with you everything that I know that is witchy and spiritual and divination aligned, past lives. We talk about deities. We talk about crystals. We talk about offerings. We talk about astrology and tarot cards and how to connect to our spirit guides. We do all the things, including, of course, spells and more. So if you're interested, head over to my website, find the Academy tab, and send me a message to ask me some questions. It's $47 a month. You can join at any time. You can stop at any time. And all the content that I've already taught is immediately available to you once you sign up. Thank you for listening. I hope you see you. I hope to see you in the academy.